Hello, this is Janet Gallen welcoming you to Love Letters Live. And today's guest is so interesting. We're going to start right in. I want to introduce Reverend Steve Peters, and who has quite a story. And by the way, for those of you who, like I do, have a fondness for when the plot keeps thickening, this is the story for you. And I shouldn't call it a story. It's a life, it's a life tale. So I, just to catch people up a little bit, Reverend Peters, and how do your congregants call you? What do they refer, how do they refer to you? Oh, Reverend Steve or just Steve. Okay. You seem like an informal, easy to yeah. approach human being. I think that's probably what it takes to be a great um, reverend. Well, I, I think you're right. I think it, yes. it does pay to be sociable. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But more, yes. Okay. Well, let's get to you. So you've been living just for starters, with AIDS for 30 years. More than that. More than that. Uh, for uh, Closer to 40. I first got diagnosed in 1982 with GRID. So that's 39 years ago now. And uh, GRID was what they were calling AIDS back then, gay-related immunodeficiency. I never heard that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, GRID. Uh, and uh, then when they realized it wasn't just affecting gay men, they changed it to AIDS. I see. Uh, and, but the definition of AIDS that they came up with was you had to have five, one of five specific diseases uh, and um, infections, opportunistic infections or cancers. And I didn't have any of those. So they, they knew I was, my immune system was severely deficient in 82. And the, thus the diagnosis of grid. But when they started using the word AIDS, they said, well, you don't have one of those five. So you are now living with ARC, AIDS-related complex. I see. And, and then in April of 84, I was diagnosed with stage four lymphoma and capillary oh. sarcoma. And that's what gave me my diagnosis of four. So, so what, what did you do medically with that diagnosis? Medically, chemotherapy or no, there were no treatments. The doctor mm -hmm. said, you know, we have no treatments and your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to stay alive long enough for us to find a way to treat it. But I was given eight months to live in April My goodness. before. Uh, and um, so uh, she said, uh, she also said to me, you know, not everybody is going to die from AIDS. It looks that way now, but not everybody will. And if one in a million survive, why not believe that you're going to be that one in a million? Oh, what a perfectly wonderful, sensible philosophy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's good to know. And it's wonderful that you're still here. Um, I, I read somewhere that you had, you had talked somehow about myths about AIDS that still need to be displayed, uh, dis, uh, dispelled. Well, there are still myths that people misunderstand about AIDS? Yes. Uh, well, one of the one of the myths about AIDS is that it only affects gay men, and that's. But people it. still feel that. Oh, I I hear that kind of thing every once in a while, okay. or they think that it happens to, uh, you know, people who are are um, poor, or they think that it happens to people who, who are, um, you know, African, or it only happens okay. to people who are, you know, so it happens to somebody else. But oh, it, it can happen to everybody. And a lot of people think it's not heterosexually transmitted, but it can be. 
Oh, often. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, let's let's move on now that we've kind of established that you're healthy and here. Yes. Uh, about you and Tammy Faye. Okay. And I know we're gonna we're gonna focus on that, but how did you first meet her? Well, uh, I, she, her. Uh. <laughs> oh, let me let me ask it this way: What was your first impression of her when you first learned about her? Oh, well, that's, I had been watching her and Jim Baker on PTL for a while because uh, my neighbor and I found, uh, my neighbor and I, who kept me company while I was so sick in the early 80s, she and I just found them vastly entertaining. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. What is her appeal? We didn't, we didn't agree with her or their theology at all. Right. She she was just so outrageous and and just you know the makeup and the singing and all of the different aspects of her that that came out came across on PTL i thought were outrageous and sometimes very funny uh, but also very appealing i mean i kept watching cuz I found her very entertaining. I think so many people did find her entertaining. Did she seem dangerous to you? Dangerous in what sense? Well, her philosophy about, you know, what they considered not acceptable well, lifestyles, any kind of, I mean, they were, they were both very opposed to same gender relationships, right? Well, uh, they were very conservative evangelicals. Uh-huh. But um, it's not clear to me that they were completely against same-sex okay. relationships. Interesting. Um, I, you know, I, I thought going into the interview that she might try to convert me. To- okay, so I want, I want to get to that. How did she approach you? And what was your initial reaction when she asked to interview you? you well... Still- uh, a friend of mine, Reverend Ken South, was the director of uh, the AIDS project in Atlanta, uh, AIDS Atlanta. Reverend Ken South uh, heard from her, Tammy's producer, who had been looking for some gay man with AIDS uh, all through the South and East to, to go on the show with her. For what reason? To be interviewed. Because no, 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 but what Tammy, was the motivation, do you think? Tammy Faye wanted to be the first person uh-huh. to interview a gay man with AIDS. I say on, on conservative evangelical TV, mm-hmm. and she, uh, I think that she wanted to show that she was affirming of mm-hmm. us. Um, I didn't know that when uh, Ken South told the producer about me. And the producer called me and said, would you be willing to go on and be interviewed about being gay and having AIDS? And, and I said, well, I would insist that it go out live so that you can't edit it to certain Oh, good. Places. Yes. Uh, and also, um, you know, I, I have to be caught. I have to wonder whether she's going to come down on me for being gay. That's what I was wondering when, if that struck you. Yes. They gave me, they gave me every assurance that no, she would not be like that, that she would be very affirming uh, and, and uh, let me tell my story. 
without trying to impose any kind of conservative theology on me. Um, so I agreed to go on the show. And uh, um, I was originally, they originally sent me two first class plane tickets to Charlotte, North Carolina. I live in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, um, I needed an assistant to come with me because I was so sick uh, oh. doing, doing chemotherapy at the time. They had finally, yeah. finally come up with a treatment. Okay. And, um, I was, uh, it was an experimental drug and it was a chemo that was very toxic. Anyway, um, as we were headed out to the door to the airport, the producer called and said, send back the tickets. Tammy's sick and just decided to cancel the interview. Oh no. And, and then I, you know, so we were very disappointed, but we sent back the tickets. And, and then the next day, the producer called me back and said, Tammy's feeling better. And she wants to do the, the interview, but she wants to do it by the first ever satellite hookup, first for PTL. Uh, first time they'd ever done a satellite hookup. They were very excited about now, it. Now, what did that mean? I, I'm not aware of a satellite hookup for video. Well, it's like what we're doing here. Um, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was in a, a studio in Ontario, California, and she was in her studio. Oh, so you didn't have to get on a plane to go. Ah, uh, okay. Exactly. And it was the first time that PTL had ever tried to do that. Um, And uh, satellite interviews were still kind of new at the time. So, yeah. So talk about the interview. How did it start? I mean, what was your initial, was your initial hello kind of tentative? Yeah, well, you know, we talked for a few minutes before the interview began. Um, I I was in a dark studio with just these lights on me and a, a camera in front of me. I could not see her. I had her in an earpiece, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and so as soon as they hooked me up, Tammy said hello, and I went, "Oh, hi," <laughs> and uh, and we we talked a little bit, and she said uh, that this would be on Tammy's house party, which was uh, one of the shows on the PTL twenty four hour network, uh, and it was her show, and she said. Uh, that it's kind of like the Phil Donahue of PTL. We don't have to talk about Jesus. And uh, as a matter of fact, we probably won't. But, uh, but we want to uh, be the first to interview a gay man with AIDS. And, and uh, we're very pleased that you agreed to come on. And she thanked me profusely and uh, you know, told me, oh, I'm so courageous to be willing to talk about it publicly. And and especially with somebody who had her philosophy about it. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So, so the interview began and she was just charming and wonderful. And, and uh, then she, uh, you know, she started after initial pleasantries, she uh, started asking me about when I first knew that I was different. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so I answered that as best I could. And, uh, and I, what I, was your answer to that? Just curious. Oh, I knew I was different from as far back as I can remember. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, I didn't like the things that other boys liked. And I liked uh, things that other boys didn't like. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was not into sports at all. And uh, so, you know, I, I was a <laughs> sissy boy. I was a fairy. I was, they called me, my, the other kids called me a fairy uh, and a sissy. And, um, and Is that painful? It was because I knew they were right. 
and and it was something to be ashamed of back in the 50s. I remember that. It was very, yeah, it was it was not spoken of. And when it was spoken of, it was spoken of in very derogatory terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I had no Will and Grace or, or Ellen or any right. LGBT role models to look at. I thought I, for the longest time, I thought I was the only one in the world. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but yeah. No, well, but, let me ask you, did you have friends? I mean, who did you play with? Oh, yeah. Oh, of okay. course. Yeah, I had friends. So you weren't uh, isolated in your... No, no. I, I, I was a very solitary kind of guy, little boy. I played the piano a lot. And, nice. And, you know, so that took a lot of time. We're alone. And I was a good student. I was always the best in my class. And just, smartest kid, teacher's pet. Uh, and so I spent a lot of time studying, uh, but I did have friends. And I, one of my friends is Trip, a uh, fellow named Trip, who uh, we've been friends since we were four and he's still my good friend. I just oh, that's so him. nice. That's the best. What about yeah. your parents? Were they supportive of the kind of child you were? Well, I, yes and no. I mean, my mother was very, very, uh, um, warm and affectionate and loving and and she she loved the fact that I loved to sing and perform and play the I band. was wondering it sure all sure. that sort of thing dad on the other hand dad was the varsity wrestling coach and a oh. and the math teacher at one of the largest boys prep schools in New England Andover Phillips Andover and mm-hmm. uh and he was I think embarrassed by my sissy and he, you know, I learned to be ashamed of it from him um, because he, he just kind he kind of said, he never said anything, but he sensed it and he would disapprove of uh, my, you know, being so interested in Hercules or Superman or, you know, some of the things that I found just absolutely mesmerizing. <laughs> and, uh, and I loved musicals. I, I had this huge collection of show tunes. Uh, I mean, Broadway records, original cast albums, and uh, which he had actually introduced me to. You know, I have a question about that. Yeah. I've always been curious, why is that love of show tunes something attributed to gay men? Everybody loves show tunes. I don't get it. Well, gay men have an affinity for uh, show tunes, I think many, I mean, not all, but, uh, but they're but, not alone in that. No, 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 of course not. But, uh, it, it became a stereotype. There you go. That's yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 All right. Get back to, I didn't mean to take you so far off track, but I guess no, no, I'll no. Gotta go back to Tammy Faye interview. Yeah. I know that this is going to be focused on in the movie, the eyes of Tammy Faye, correct? That okay, is- go ahead. It's a moment in the movie. Well, it's more than a moment, but it's it's kind of a turning point in the movie. How was it a turning point in your life and in the movie? Well, in my life, uh, I became quite well known for a surviving AIDS in the 80s. Really? I actually recovered. My cancers went into complete remission while I was on this experimental chemo. And once I survived the very toxic side effects, uh, it took me a long time, but I got well in 1987 and I was well for 20 years. So I became known for the Tammy Faye interview. And because I had a videotape of it, uh, everywhere I went, they wanted me to bring the videotape and show the interview. 
uh, and uh, I became widely known for that. Uh, and I think it it kind of, I mean, I was widely known because I'd survived AIDS when hardly anybody else what did. Sure. But, but also, the Tammy Faye interview just kind of sealed it. You know, <laughs> it, it was the affirmation that even Tammy Faye Baker, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, would be affirming. And and uh, and there's there's something so uplifting about that. You know, when people have a very they're very entrenched in a particular negative view of something, and then they are able to somehow open themselves up to a. I'd like you to talk about that because if everyone in the world could do that, we'd be a good world. Of course. Yes. Well, what do you say about that. What do I want? What do you say about that? That shift that she made and that people are capable of making from a very entrenched negative stereotype, hostile towards a group to, okay, come on over, let's talk. Well, I, I don't know that she ever totally bought the, uh, you know, God hates gays. Okay, or, good for her, yes. I, I don't think she ever totally bought that. Uh, I think that she probably uh, realized that she differed from a lot of her peers oh. uh, about homosexuality. And in the movie, uh, in an early scene, they have, her and, and a group of uh, televangelists, including Jerry Falwell, uh, at a table. And, and, and Tammy says something about, oh, I think God loves everybody, you know? And, and Jerry Falwell says, well, I'm very concerned about the homosexual agenda. And, <laughs> and Tammy says, really? Why? Or something like that, you know? And it's clear that early on in the film, she has maybe a different attitude about homosexuality. And then uh, as the movie progresses, it seems that there are, there are ways in which Jim Baker was maybe bisexual and she uh, began to see this. And so part of why she did the interview was to work out issues in her own marriage. Uh, about how, did, how did she work those out and good for her yes how did she work those out well uh she no. um uh she asked me uh what made you think you were gay and what what why did you feel there was no hope for you to be straight and did you really get do you think you ever really gave women a fair try uh and and questions like that uh which i answered to the best of my ability and and uh I one of the answers I had was I thought it was disrespectful of the woman for me to try to, you know, be sexual with her when I couldn't make a commitment. Uh -huh. and, and she really liked that. She thought that was a really good answer. But, um, uh, you know, and, and so she spent about it was a 24 minute interview and I'd say she spent half of it asking me about, you know, sort of grilling me about how I. How, how could I be sure that I was gay? And maybe, maybe I just hadn't given women a fair try. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Are, are you still, she's still with us, right? No, she's died. Oh, did she? I didn't realize that. Okay. Oh, she I thought she had been, uh, okay. She had, she had, I think it was pancreatic cancer. That's right. Pancreatic but he's, he died before she did, right? Oh, Jim Baker is still alive. Ah, he's the one who's still here. Okay. Yeah. 
Are you are you in touch with anyone in that family? I am in touch with uh, their son, Jay Baker, uh, and uh, it's he uh, he. I posted something on Facebook about my interview with his mother, and and uh, and he saw it, and he uh, contacted me uh, through Facebook and or Instagram, one of those, and um, and we have since become friends, and I. Oh. I go, to his, I go to his Zoom service every Sunday, as well as my own. At, at yeah. this is, somehow this is just heart lifting. Yeah. And it, it, has, it has a whole um, aura of hope. Yeah. Well, he told me that, I mean, he was 10 when the interview happened in 1985. And he told me that it changed not only Tammy, but it changed the whole family. Really? Uh, she started taking uh taking her little boy jay and her daughter tammy sue to metropolitan community churches and gay and lesbian events and pride parades and she started taking them to, the kids to uh to uh hospices and hospitals to visit people with aids and she really the interview jay told me let him know that he could be who he is uh, and that he didn't need to be somebody else, which apparently he had thought he had to be before that. Uh, so that, that his mother would say, and God would still love him. Oh, this and is he's, not, he's not gay, I should say. Yeah, yeah I didn't assume, yeah. But he is, he's, he's different. <laughs> okay, okay. He's very progressive, very liberal, uh, uh, beyond liberal. I mean, he, he's Christian and he's, uh, you know, very different theology than his father or mother had. This whole story is so, I can't wait till this movie comes out. I mean, Tammy Faye Baker is always, movie. I'm sure it is. And I love Jessica Chastain anyway. Oh, but yes. She is incredible in the role. I mean, just an amazing performance. You know, my mother, I used, saw to, it last. My mother used to have a kind of a borderline affection for Tammy Faye in that she used to say, yeah. You know, if she if she didn't have to have him, she could be a really great country singer. Uh -huh. now, my mother didn't know anything about country singers, but she, <laughs> you know, she but she really had respect for this woman's talent. Okay, uh -huh. I have to ask you something because I am about love letters, and my antenna is just going nuts here. Are you yeah. a letter writer at all? Am I what? A letter writer. A letter writer. Oh yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Okay, and yep. you know, you probably grew up writing them because we didn't have you know, text. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say, I want to ask, because I have a thought, if you were to write a love letter right now, which I always like to ask people, to whom would it be? Oh, wow. Well, I, I that's a hard question. Okay, I'm um, sure it is because there's so many people in your life. So many, but, I love so many people. Uh, I think that if I had to write one letter, I mean, first of all, I would write a love letter to God. Oh, good. Okay. That's yes. yes. Uh, okay, and, so, and where would you mail that? <laughs> I, it's a good question. God, care of heaven. I don't know. God, care of Reverend Steve Peters, your address. Yes, yes. And, yes. You, you know, you're, you're a big part of something very important historically. Yeah. Right? Right. Well, and, I, and when people find things that you've written, you know, 50, 100 years from now, they're going to have some treasure. But I'm just thinking, 
did it ever occur to you, and maybe you did this, a love letter to Tammy Faye Baker's son, Jay? Oh, that would be very interesting. I could write that letter. Yeah, because I do. Oh, love because it. you've got someone to mail it to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This. Oh, I, that would be just something special. Yeah. He had me uh, come and do a, a, a talk at his church uh, by, by Zoom, of course. But, uh, uh, oh, I don't know, six months ago. And, and he had me do a pod, his radio podcast and did a 45-minute interview with me about his mother and, and the interview and all of that. Yes. So, yeah. So I do. I love him all to pieces. I mean, he's brilliant. He is so smart. Well, I hope you're remembering everything that you're saying here because that's the, like, dear Jay, and then that's your love life. You know, so oh, yeah. of people... I don't imagine you ever get stuck for how to express yourself or what to write, but people yeah. sometimes say the most wonderful things. Yeah. And they, but you know, I don't really know that I could write a, that's the letter. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Dear Jay, you are so wonderful. You are so brilliant. And I love your intellect and I love your passion and I love your humanity. And he knows he knows what a difference this interview with his mother made in your life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We've talked about that. Definitely. Because, you know, when, when people don't throw these letters away, does he have children? Yes, he does. Because, you know, this these kind of things just go down the generations. And right. I'm thinking that, you know, in the, the next generation, like his grandchildren are going to find this letter. Sure. You're going to see what a legacy of intelligence and love and courage they came from. Oh, absolutely. Isn't that a gift? Yeah. You know, I think, I think that he inherited his parents' intelligence. I mean, both of his parents were very smart people. They're right. they, they, they had tragic flaws, uh, but don't we all? But theirs were magnified a hundred thousand times by their high visibility their, their right. personas yeah. well but don't we learn don't we learn valuable lessons from flawed people oh definitely i mean i don't know what we I learn from perfect people but oh right <laughs> i don't want to know the person <laughs> don't bother me with them <laughs> yeah, right. Right. oh thank you so much for doing this with me yeah, i hope someday sure. to get to meet you in person and yeah, i hope our so. cross again yes i hope so and that was great I can't wait to see the movie. Thank you, dear. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you're, you're for this opportunity. Just an astounding man. Oh. And it's just been an honor to meet you. It's okay. an honor to be on your show. Thank, Thank you. you, dear. I will um, talk to you later and often, I hope. Okay, great. But for now, I'll just tell you goodbye. Thank you. All right. Bye.